Aston's Villa's pre-season tour is two-thirds done in Australia, so it will be time to retire that intro music soon. You'll be glad to hear, Ash, I'm sure. It'll be sad day for me when, when we have to get rid of that. It's, it's a bop, isn't it? It's a really nice good. little vibe at the start of the podcast. I enjoy it. If Villa keep winning, Dan, can we have it till in Bournemouth, uh, Everton? Yeah. Can we have it then as well? Yeah, good point. Yeah, fair enough. Right, we'll keep the intro until we lose the game. Let's put it that way. Uh, Aston Villa 1-0 against Brisbane this afternoon. Uh, that's now three wins in pre-season. Warsaw, Leeds and Brisbane. Six goals scored, zero goals conceded. Um, not a bad start to pre-season, is it, that? No, yeah. Pretty, pretty solid, really. Um, yeah, clean sheets at the back of Welcome as well. Villa were coasting through that first half, really. A couple of scares. Matty Cash being caught out of position at once. But... Uh, but yeah, uh, Jared was pleased with the second half more. I think we all were, those that watched mm. it. Um, it's quite a strong lineup. We, we spoke pre, uh, pre-kick-off, didn't we, Dan? It's quite a strong lineup. But the youngsters, the, the, the force the issue more. I've just spoken to Cameron Archer down there and he said the, the gaffer wanted us to play with a bit more urgency, a bit, a bit more aggressive. And they certainly did mm. that in the second half. So the young, boy, the, the young boys, the, the keeping the senior lads on their toes. And uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, but Archer in the goals again. Kane kessler Hayden was the pick for me, though. Incredible mm. uh, down that right side, and uh, yeah, the young lads really shone tonight. So credit to them. To fair to the first half team, I think given a, a swift maybe telling off from Gerald at half time to pick up the intensity, I think they would probably have been better second half as well. Yes. To be fair to those, because that that was a stronger eleven in the first half. So maybe a bit of a rocket up their backsides at half time would have, would have sorted that out. But second half was a bit more in, had a bit more intensity. I thought Brendier looked good in in place of Coutinho. Essentially created more, seemed to get on the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah, obviously a game of two halves, quite literally with the two different sides. Let's focus on the first half, first of all. Bit of a drab kind of performance, really, in terms of Brisbane Raw sitting quite deep and Villa having to break them down and have a lot of possession and, again, kind of struggling to do that. Um, not really many chances of note to speak of until pretty much the last five minutes or so. Uh, I think Danny Ings tries a little, a little dink from kind of a, a tight-ish angle, which um, yeah. he saved onto the post, I think it was. And then a goal mouth scrambled just before half-time, where I'm thinking, how oh, have we not scored from there? Diego Carlos involved, I think Chambers had, had a shot as well. Um, yeah. and, and that was pretty much all she wrote for the first half, and disappointing not to see any of the big hitters on, on the score sheet in that first half. But, you know, like we said earlier, it's all about fitness at this point, and everyone, as far as I know, got through that first half without any injuries, and that's pretty much all you take from it, really. You do, yeah, you do. Yeah, your cast are good. Callum Chambers is good going forward. Chambers was good, yeah. So good, so good. His distribution is so good. So um, he played well. But yeah, the final third didn't really, didn't really hit it off. Really, Coutinho playing a bit deeper. I mean, mm. Ings was a bit isolated as well, uh, and they changed it up second half. But yeah, the young lads really shone. Um, and Kane Kessler Hayden was very good. Yeah, I keep saying his name because he was anything Villa were doing going forward, he was there They're down that right side, cutting balls into the box. And then Archer was there to score. So, yeah, going through the motions in the first half a little bit, find it a little bit too easy. And then the second half, after a bit of a rollicking, um, and Gerard said, then the young lads are really fighting now to, to, to stake their claim. He, wanted, he said, if you, if, uh, if you ask him now, I think Cameron Archer stays around the group. He's forcing the issue, isn't he? Um, I was going to ask you about was, that, yeah. Yeah, Gerard is really complimentary of Ira Boonham as well, who come on and said leadership. So, yeah. Plenty to plenty to ponder going to Perth from there tomorrow, aren't I? Um, in the weekend, but overall, the young lads shan't. And yeah, Gerard also on transfers as well. He said um, a few haven't haven't done enough in pre-season, so there'll be some exits on the horizon uh, to go out and play some game time. So he's been quite ruthless in that respect. He said players who aren't playing, they're going to play. Here. 
simple as that. So, so yeah, he's, he'll fine-tune his squad uh, once the tour's over. And we'll expect that to ramp up as well. But yeah, Cameron Archer, he said, if you lock me in a room now, he's staying in the door with me. So uh, I think he might be locked in, Cameron. Let me shout, you know, let me out. But uh, no, he's, yeah, fantastic. Scored again, back in the goals, and he can't stop scoring. Yeah, good to see. Um, we'll definitely talk about Archer a little bit later in this. We've got our pre-season preview a week today, actually, where obviously there's more time for discussion there. I don't want to keep you for too long. It is, uh, is it 20 past 10, 20 past 11, have we decided? Is it 11? It's 10, 10 past 11 now. 20, yeah, 10 past 11, sorry, yeah. Um, so we won't keep you for too long tonight because I know you've got loads of other work to do. Um, so we'll come back to Archer in a little bit. Um Good to see Ezra Conte play as well, which we've talked about uh, the other day when he was announced that he was fit and ready for selection, which superhuman, superhuman um, kind of body to come back two months earlier than expected and to play yeah. for the... Yeah. I thought it maybe he might just get 10 minutes, maybe. He played the entire second half. Um, yeah. What's our best centre-back pairing now? Because Darren yeah, Carlos looks good. Conte was back and fit, ready to go. Mings is still captain. Chambers looking good. So we've got, it's great depth there, isn't there? All four of them. Um, really good. I don't think you make any qualms either two starting. I can take your pick, I think, at the moment. Hunter mm-hmm. might, might might need a bit of easing in, but tonight he was Hunter was full of it. Tonight he was barking orders. He told Buendia off quite funny. Buendia loves to get on the ball a bit too much. He's too busy, Buendia. He's a number 10. He should stay around that, hover around that 18 yard box. Hollywood didn't score enough goals from me, Dan Buendia. He tries to do mm-hmm. too much. So tonight he was, he was, he was on the left wing and Hunter went, Emmy, Emmy. Come here, central, play central. So that was quite funny. So yeah, Edge is back amongst it. And um, Diego Carlos was strong as well. Good distribution from him as well. Mm. Short, long, he can do it all as well. And Tora Mings, usual Tora Mings display. Just barging a player on the floor. You like to see that. And yeah, Callum Chambers good. So the centre-backs is a pretty positive from tonight as well. And it'd be interesting to start against Man U on Saturday. In terms of the other end of the pitch up front, I'd, I'd done a few notes for this to for like talking points. And I thought worried about the lack of goals, which was at nil nil. Um, it's still only you know two goals in Australia from Ings from the penalty spot and Archer today. You know, Pre match, we're saying, oh, you know, Aston Villa to win eight nil today. I know that's tongue in cheek, but Brisbane Roar are a lower level of opposition that, or probably the lowest level of opposition that Villa will play. I mean, how does you know, how does Brisbane Roar compare to Warsaw League Two? I don't know. Either, either way, it's a lower lower level, lower level yeah. of, of opposition than Leeds and Man United and then Stad Rene next week. So for Villas, we've only scored two goals so far. I thought it was maybe a, a slight concern. And at one point, I was questioning whether the, the gravity was different down under with the, every single, <laughs> single shot from both sides seemed to fly over the crossbar. Um, so what do, you, what do you make of the strikers? Obviously, Watkins yet to score. Ings has got one. Archer's got one. Are you worried slightly about a lack of goals? I mean, tonight there's a lot of blocks, a lot of bodies on the line from Brisbane Raw. Um, Derek Gerrard said they defended quite well, in fairness to them. They sat deep. Um, interesting, Cameron Arch said down there, he's feeling a bit of jet lag still as well. Mm. Um, I think the players are quite tired. They had a session here earlier at 11am and they're playing again on the evening. So they're doing a lot of double sessions. They're playing while they're tired, which helped them fit yeah. the boys. And um, I think that's the case, really. Lacking that little bit of clinical edge. I think tired minds, perhaps, in the final third. Mm-hmm. They're doing things they shouldn't really do. and Maybe it's that, but I'm not, I'm not too concerned. It's pre-season. Get all the issues out of the way. Miss, miss all your, your chances as you can. But yeah, a lot of blocks tonight. A lot of, lot of good defending from Brisbane, um, who sat back. And, and yeah, we got the goal in the end. Weren't really any more clear-cut chances, really, was there? I'm trying to not think really. the keeper didn't have too much to do. The keeper saved one with his face, didn't he? 
was it Douglas Louise's balling and then um, Archer on the end of that one. Yeah. But yeah, there weren't, there weren't really too many chances, really. But I think the playing quite tired. I think the, the time zones affected them as well, adjusting. And um, it's on to Perth Saturday against Man U, which would be another toughie. It'll be a real workout against them as well. And then it's back on the plane again. Bit of a long trip back. Back at body morning, back to Wren. And then the season starts. So, yeah, the squad will be shaping up between now and then, personnel-wise. But, yeah, good workout. The great, great facilities here, by the way. The, the, the sports stadiums here, the, the, the sports stuff, the, it's really good. And um, they've, they've had a good workout from it. They really have. Yeah, I'm not really that bothered with pre-season, no. to be honest. I said at the start of this, it's six goals scored and, and zero goals conceded. You know, if we finish pre-season, Man United and the, the European fixture, six goals scored, six goals conceded, and we lost them both 3-0, but win Bournemouth on the opening day, I'd, I'd be happy with that because the, the yeah. Bournemouth game is king. I want, I want to win the it's Premier League games. Yeah. Uh, so as long as they're, they're fit and ready and we don't get any serious injuries, pre-season is a win regardless of results, really. So I don't think that bo- uh, you know, doesn't bother me that much. Um, you know, I'm slightly concerned there's a comment here from um, Michael in the comments that about jet lag on the way back which we talked about a few days ago You know, coming back on Sunday night Monday and then having to play again in France the following weekend I mean, they've got time to, to get ready but it's a slight concern going all that way and how, how that all will affect their bodies on the way back um, but yeah we'll have to kind of wait and see, see what happens there um, Augustinson Made his debut, played 35 minutes, subbed on at half-time, then subbed off about 80 minutes, 85. He was, he was blowing when he came off. Um, mm-hmm. Probably just getting getting up to speed a little bit. What did you make of his, yep. his first uh, appearance in Carl Blue? Yes, steady Eddie, yeah. Um, he's not as dynamic, dynamic as Dina going forward. He's very technical, good passer of the ball, a good way to pass on him. Not, not too quick either, but he's quite tall. He's a bit of a presence for a left-back. Um, mm. And yeah, steady Eddie, nice left foot on him, very technical player. And I think he'll slot in nicely as, as an understudy. Experienced as well, Dan, you can't buy that experience. He's had nearly 50 caps for Sweden, playing the high pressure games for them, into Sevilla, Word of Bremen, played, played at some big clubs. So yeah, mm. loan, loan deal, no brainer. And then options to buy for a few million quid. It's good depth. So you can buy that experience then <laughs> for a couple of million quid. Yeah. <laughs> a couple million quid, um, you yeah, sorry, I'm being pedantic. Um, Gerard's presser, the big lines to come out from that. Then you just spoke to him for the for the second time. Somebody's moving a wheelie bin outside, by the way. If you can hear any noise, apologies. Uh, the biggest line about it, you've already mentioned, I think, anyway, from from Cameron Archer, that you know, if the decision had to be made right now, if he was forced into it, he would keep him around the squad. Um, we'll come back to Archer in a sec. What else did, did Gerard say in the presser? Yeah, it was the same. He made a way for, for praising Tim Ora Brunham as well. He really impressed him tonight. At the end as well, the players going over. Gerald had his arm around Tim. He's, he's, I think he's got. He's mentoring him, shall we say. He's, he's got a lot of time for Tim. He's always with him. And um, if he, there was a lo, loads of clubs queuing up for Tim, you know, Dan, uh, in the Championship. So, but yeah, he said that's the same case with Tim Ora Brunham as well. Uh, yeah, loads come out of it, really. Um, just about the transfer window. I think, I think we'll see a few more leave done before some come in. He's keeping he's keeping his eyes open to to the market itself. He didn't specify positions, but but by the sounds of it, I think a few more head out first. He said the squad's bloated still. He said that the other day mm. as well. So I think he wants to trim the fat. He said a good he'll have a good two weeks from nearly three weeks from here. He'd, he'd have seen a lot about them, what they're about, and then uh, he'll, yeah, he'll trim the fat then. And then after that, I think he'll, he said, he'll speak to the people he needs to speak to, i.e. Perslow, Johan Langer, 
and then we'll move from there. But yeah, at the moment, I think the, the mark, he's got his eyes open. The market's there if he wants to use it. But I think once he's back from Australia, we'll, we'll start to see the, the, the balls roll, rolling. Gilbert, Keenan Davis, and Morgan Sanson not involved there tonight. Is is that uh, transfer related stuff, or is that injuries, or, or what? Keenan Davis is injured. Yeah, Gerard said he's injured. They're taking a um, precaution with him. He trained here yesterday, Keenan, and um, he trained away from the group as I mentioned. So he's injured. Morgan Sanson, Frederick Gilbert, not on the team sheet, and that that was just no problems with them. Just not their turn. So read into that what you will, mate. Um, yeah, interesting that one. Was that the line? It's, it's not their turn. Not their turn. And yeah, but before that, you did mention players haven't uh, players will be moved on to get some game time elsewhere because they're getting game time here. That's what he said. I'm not, sure I read it. I'm not. I'm not sure what I read into that. To be honest, not their time. No. If it's if it's somebody that you want to keep oh, around the squad, then you know preseason is the their, time to show them turn. around. Not their turn. Not their, t- not their turn. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to keep someone around the squad, then. You know, they're going to get their turn, they'll get their run out here and there. So, I suppose if they play against Man United, this kind of speculation yeah. goes away. If they don't feature against yeah. Man United, then not their turn to me means won't be involved. But there you, you go. Know, remains, on the Man United team sheet, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But we all know that they've got to get rid of players anyway. And if, if players aren't getting minutes here in pre season, which is the time to get minutes, then it, you know, it doesn't take much to put two and two together and, you know, maybe we are coming out with five rather than four, but you'd suggest people who aren't being played in pre season will leave there at some go. point, whether yeah. it's a, a loan or a permanent. It's, it's not rocket science, isn't it? No. Um, I think that's pretty much it, really. What about Coutinho and Brendia and the, and the two systems? I suppose let's, let's just talk about that a little bit. The four-two-three-one uh, in the in the first half, of, or yeah, I suppose it was, wasn't it? Four-two-three-one with Bailey and Traore, and then more of a four-three-one-two in the second half with uh, Watkins and Arch playing together and Brendia behind them. What did you make of the two systems and and the kind of key points from both of those? Yeah, quite like quite like Coutinho as a night, you know, um, bit of quality in there. Uh, you skip past a few players. Um, would he play there in the league, league though? No, that was a I don't think he would. Ramsey and Coutinho is a three. That feels a bit lightweight. Yeah, I don't think he would because it's lightweight, yeah. Coutinho's a bit lightweight coming up against, I don't know, your, your Basumas and, and people like that. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. he, he might struggle for an impact there, whereas as, an, as a 10 or on the left, he could get a bit more of the ball or he's, he's in good areas to, to do his magic. Do you know what I mean? So... But yeah, Coutinho's been a bit of a plus so far for me and Preso. I thought he played well against Leeds. Um, tonight he did okay in that position. Funny he played there in training last night. So it's something Gerard's looking at. Gerard as a uh, Coutinho as a number eight. I said Gerard as a number eight then. That'd be something. Um, uh, yeah, but Wendy, yeah, I think he's just a bit too busy. He tries to do a bit too much. Bless mm. him. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I thought he's he looked of, right. He's, yeah, he's, he's buzzes around. He's, he's always wants the ball. He's hungry. He wants to make things happen. But... Uh, I think if, if he just ta- just t- takes a step back, do you know what I mean, and just sees what's in front of him and get on the ball in good at better areas around the box, I think he'll start to add more goals to his game point there. But yeah, you can't you can't mm. fault him. Work right, tenacious, wants to get on the ball, wants to do something, wants to hurt the opposition. And but yeah, do do it in the the, be- the better areas for me, point there. Like I said, we will discuss Cameron Archer and the, and the squad in, in in more depth next week because you know there's still a, a lot of time to go. What, what did you make of it though, Gerard? Saying you know, if you had to lock me in a room now, I'd, I'd keep him. 
what would you do if you were in charge? Because I saw Pat tweet earlier saying, you know, he's he scored another goal. He's, he's really making a chance here to be Aston Villa's third striker. And there'll be some people that will argue that he could be Aston Villa's second or first striker, to be honest, and playing minutes in the Premier League. But how different is it to be playing minutes in pre-season against lower league opposition and scoring goals and doing well, to be fair, but then having to lead the line 38 times in the Premier League next season? Um or is it that he's involved as third choice and he still gets minutes or second choice in a in a two man strike partnership, or is alone next season again to the championship and scoring twenty goals a more viable option in terms of his de- development? I've just I've, I've just spoken to Cameron and he says I'm confident at the moment. It's momentum, momentum's massive for me. He said. Mm. I said, what, what do you keep scoring for? You got any superstitions? What, what is it? With? And he said, just confidence, momentum. I feel really part of this group now. Um, as, opposed, as opposed to a youngster who, who's making their way in the game. He, he feels really part of the group and he's speaking more confidently in himself. So, yeah, it's rolling for him and long may that continue. And tonight, all the chances fell to him. He was in the right places. Um, I know Ollie Watkins scuffed that one before before we scored, but Archer, Archer could have had a hat-trick tonight. Um, when I tweeted, I said, Archer is human after all, after missing that one. And then about two minutes later, he scored. <laughs> he scored, yeah. Scored, yeah, typical. So, um but yeah, he's doing all the right things. He's full of full of confidence. Momentum's rolling, and strikers are scoring. <laughs> you keep them around, don't you? You play them. Cause yeah, that's what happens. It carries on. So yeah, I'll keep him around, mate. Hundred percent. And like you say, he's pushing Ings and Watkins now. I think that's what Jared hinted at in there. Some of the young lads are pushing the senior boys, and I think Archer's one of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's absolutely fine. If if you if the transfer window closed tomorrow and you were left with Ings, Watkins and Archer as a three, I think that is a good three, if, especially if you're only playing one up front and you've got the option to play two up front as well. You've then got two into three and if they're all fighting on, on each other's back to, to be the main man, that's obviously only good for, for Aston Villa. I think if Villa sign a striker, which would maybe come a little bit out, out of left field, then I don't think Archer is going to get much development being fourth choice behind Ings, Watkins and somebody else so then a championship loan would make sense but yeah. you know like, like I said if the season if the transfer window started ended tomorrow God, get my words out I'd be happy with Archer staying around because he, he will get minutes and part of me kind of feels like he will score goals I know it's a different yeah. level, but when you're in the box, it doesn't really matter whether you're playing Man United or Brisbane Raw, surely. If you're you know, in that kind of isolated moment where you've only got to strike the ball cleanly and get it on target to score, surely the level yeah. of opposition doesn't matter that much if you're already in the position. So I think Archer would score goals if, if he does get minutes, but you know, we'll kind of wait and see how the rest of the transfer window goes and Stephen Gerrard and his coaching team are the guys to make the decision and whatever they decide, seeing him up close and personal every single day, their decision is, is king, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's down to, down to them, down to them. Um, Cameron seems happy in himself and, yeah, he's in, he's in a good place, Dan. No, 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 nothing more to it, really. He's in a good place and long may it continue. Uh, you told me in the Facebook earlier, but we're, we're doing this on YouTube and Twitter now, about the guy that you spoke to earlier who listens to our podcast out in the Outback, so I want you to retell that story in a sec. Um, just branching off of that, though, now you've been out there for, what is it, a week maybe almost six, six days something like that um, Thursday yeah yes, well, exactly. yeah. Wait, so a week tomorrow here you had a couple of games over there now you've met a lot of fans you've seen a lot of different things you've had a lot of different experiences you've seen your bin chicken um, yeah. are you now being over there realising how big um, we, we know anyway but realising how big Aston Villa are worldwide with, with, the, with what the fan base, fan base has been like over there yeah it's, it's huge Dan like you say I mean I was getting, I'm getting people come up to me, post the photos with me. I can't get my head around that. 
So many people come to the photos with me, Ash, Ash. And for me, being a Villa fan, growing up, this is, it's just crazy. I, I still can't get mid around it. And I'm just doing this as my job. But the, the effects we have on people, Dan, this Cloudbury podcast, I mean, people are listening to it in the outback, um, which is hardly any, anyone who lives around there. And they're listening to us because they, they want to feel closer to home. I um, love the I love the channel and and yeah I mean we just sit in our rooms talk about the villa for for twenty five minutes half an hour and and yeah they can't get enough of it so we're really humbled and like you say very emotional the other day I wasn't it's I've been in Townsville today lots of people coming up to me love the channel love the channel brilliant it makes everything for us it makes makes me feel closer to home despite being ten thousand miles away so the effect we have on people's lives Dan has really struck home with me and um, it's some Somewhat, yeah, somewhat like really, uh, I'll take away from this trip, you know, I really mm-hmm. will. I've got an effect on people and I help them enjoy the lives a little bit better listening to the villa and that. So it's been crazy. And like you say, I'm I'm one of you, like, I'm one of you. I'm family went down the villa when I was little, did a bit of writing. Got, and I'm, I'm in Australia now, pinching myself every day. It's mad, isn't it? It's crazy. Uh, just how far <laughs> we've come in the channel. Like I say, Dan, you've done a brilliant job hosting. I'm, I'll, I'll be a terrible host. I tried to do it before, and I was like, "Let's talk about Santa. Let's do this. Let's do that." But you keep. <laughs> I think check. I'm a terrible host. <laughs> no, nah, you're brilliant. You're brilliant. I can't do it. And and yeah, the channel's massive over here, Dan. So good work for yourself. And and yeah, the Aussie villains are, are brilliant. So friendly. Um, so laid back. Love the villa. Love the club. And. Yeah, the, even they set their alarms at stupid o'clock like, like we all did the other day, yeah. not me, but those back home. They're doing that week in, week out, um, giving the, the rubbish kick, t- kick off times over there. So, yeah, the Aussie villains. I've got my bag here. I've got the uh, Marlborn Lions badge on me. I've even nice. got New Zealand ba- New Zealand Lion badge on my bag. So, yeah, I'm, I think I might move out here and start the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, might join, might join the Adelaide Lions or something. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. oh, lights have gone off. Is that, is that your cue to leave? I think so, yeah. I'm always, I'm always last to... in the stadium, guys, as well. I'm always locked in. Did you just see me last year? I was walking around the Emirates underneath for about an hour. <laughs> so um, that's dedication to the cause. I'm always last in. Do you need to yeah, just so... get up and walk around to get the lights to come back on again? Let's have a look. I think I think that's my cue. <laughs> oh, yeah, there <laughs> oh, we go. There we go. Okay, just one, one final question. <laughs> now, now the lights have just come back on. Um just a, a spin-off on what we were just talking about there on, on, the, on the size of the club. Obviously, this is the first time that Gerard and the coaching staff and the players have all had any proper kind of team bonding together, you know, living with each other week in, week out for, the, for this pre-season little bubble time. Will they also realise, maybe some of the players now, how big Aston Villa is? And I, I mean, people should really know this anyway and be, be educated on it, but actually being out there and seeing what the reaction has been like from people that have either moved to Australia years ago or, or lived there and have been born there and support the club, will they now maybe realise just how big Aston Villa is globally, some of these players that we've signed or have already been here? Yeah, yeah. It's massive um, commercially for Villa, as we know expanding that Villa footprint as it were the blueprint and, and really going global with it all it's important for the, for the big clubs you see clubs Man U Liverpool's Tottenham's they all go abroad don't they and that's how they get your fan bases I was in here last night there was 200-300 kids here from the from the local soccer academy even I'm mm. calling it soccer now and um, they'll, go, they'll go home tonight they'll be Aston Villa fans they'll be Aston Villa fans I'll, I'll tell the mums and dads to buy all the, buy all the shirts and you build it that way as well. So I think we could see maybe an Aston Villa uh, feeder club here as well. Obviously, we've got the Las, yeah. Vegas, Las, Las Vegas villains that will come up in the next couple of years, the franchise there. 
And then, as Perslow explained, I think there's a club in Egypt, Villa, ZFC, uh, Villa are linked with as well, in Egypt. And I think they're going to tap into the Australian market. They really are. I can see the club being back here in two, three years easy. I think they may go stateside next, next, next summer. But this is what they're going to do now. Big trips on tour. And hopefully you can come with me, Dan. <laughs> oh yeah that'd be good we should probably just need to start saving up now don't we for that given how expensive yeah, yeah, yeah. all this travelling is <laughs> yeah. yeah Steve Steve, if you're watching once again you know you've got to sort Ashes Road to out first of all and then save up for next season for me come on and I'll come with you um, yeah I think that's probably it. we're just talking then about the size of the club there's a few questions about the away kit uh, we've not heard anything just yet we've kind of half speculated between us that we're playing Man United in a big pre-season tour a, they play in um, red, we play in claret. There's a chance we might yeah. announce an away kit between now and then. Um, Man United have released their away kit down there, though, and that's white. So they might play in white and we might play in, in the home kit still. So it is just speculation. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do, do I, you think I, so, Dan? I said last time I spoke to you, the big marketing yeah. opportunity. If I was in charge of, of the, the away kit, I'd be doing it down there probably tomorrow or Friday and then playing in it on Saturday. But I'm not in charge, so <laughs> we'll wait and see what happens. There's an event on on Friday in Perth with some some first team players. Day before the game, uh, big big event on. Uh, so yeah, watch your space with that one. I think that could be the the big unveil, as it were. Liverpool have done it in Thailand, didn't they? And then you had Man U unzipping their uh, tracksuit tops, and mm. that's that's it really. There's a few Castore reps over here as well at the moment, um, just taking everything in, Castore wise and the club wise. So that's interesting as well. But yeah, I envisage playing Man U the weekend. Up to stadium and yeah, big showcase of Villa. Maybe, maybe, maybe the away kit will be out then. Yeah, as we just said, could be an home kit against Man United's away kit. <laughs> we, we still don't yeah. know at this point. Um, what time is the kickoff? A few comments asking. Same as this one, ten forty-five a.m. in the UK time, an evening kickoff over there in Australia. Um, so same kind of for those in the UK, same kind of system. Lunchtime kind of podcast, post-match, maybe the team news one before the game as well. At kind of half nine a.m. It'll be here. Um, so yeah stay tuned for that I've got a day off tomorrow so Ash I know you're travelling up to Perth so um, maybe keep an eye on your social media rather than our brand one I'm back on Friday and we'll have a catch up on Friday when you're in Perth and maybe like we just said see what see what comes of this event um, and build up to Man United as well so Ash get yourself back to your hotel get get back on your laptop to be fair because I know you've got loads of work to do but get yourself out of that stadium half um, 11 I'm, I'm up at 6 for a flight <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, mate. It's a busy time. Imagine, isn't it? imagine me coming over from Australia and saying to the missus, I need a break now. She'd be like, get lost. <laughs> well, you know, we've seen your pictures of you eating steak and that. So, you know, you're having a nice time as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> head in your hands. I love it. Uh, yeah. Thanks for your time, as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our uh, post Brisbane Raw chat. We'll catch you all again on Friday for a catch up. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.